Well, he said everything I was going to say. I've often thought about, you know, being adopted into somebody's family, but I'd like some rich man or woman to adopt me in bed. We both lost our families, and, uh, you know, our mom and dad, so we're, we're just two orphans. And if somebody wants to adopt us, it would be okay. We'll be in our second childhood. So, well, anyway, I do have in the back uh, an outline of the places we're going to be going, and uh, so you can get a copy of it if you want to. Uh, husband and wife don't both have to get one. I only made a few of them, but if you'd like to have it, I think it'd be good for you. I do appreciate very much Jesse allowing me to have this Sunday to speak right before I go on the road. I uh, can't say that I'm uh, 100%. I'm maybe 80%. I still got a little ways to go, and so I uh, appreciate your, your being here. And I want to talk to you about a, a subject that if people really understood, uh, they wouldn't have any trouble about losing their salvation. They wouldn't have a question about any of those things. It eliminates their total doubts and all that. And that is forgiveness of all sin equals eternal security. The reason that I know that I'm going to heaven because all my sins have been paid and they're all been forgiven. And I'm on my way. I'm good to go. I know I'm going to heaven when I die. And so I want to um, bring a few of these things up here for you. And that is, must I continue? i got a couple questions I want to ask you. Let me see. Why could Jesus forgive sins that were committed against God? Because they said, no man can forgive sins but God. You see, if we sin against God, then we need forgiveness. We've got to make things right. Everybody, as far as we know and should know, has sinned against God. I have and you have. doesn't matter exactly how many sins, just we've all sinned. If you keep the whole law and offend in one point, you're guilty of all of them. Because the same results. The wages of sin is death. How many sins were forgiven you on the day you trusted the Lord? When you trusted the Lord, did God forgive you, I guess, all your sins that you'll ever commit in your whole life or just up to the day you trust the Lord? And then after that, you've got to forgive me, 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 forgive me. And if you die without getting forgiveness of one, now you're going to hell. And there's people that believe that. But it's still not the truth. I want to explain that. What were you, were you forgiven the day Christ died or the day you believed? That's an interesting question. And it deserves a good answer. And you're going to get it. Must I continue getting forgiveness to maintain salvation? See, some people think you can get saved today. But every time you sin, you've got to ask God to forgive you so that you can maintain that salvation. And what if you die with unconfessed sin? Well, a lot of people believe you don't go to heaven. But there needs to be an understanding in your mind to eliminate questions and doubts. Or so that you can explain it to people. Does a longer life increase my risk of losing my salvation? See, if I got saved when I was 18 years old, if I could in the future lose my salvation, when would have been the best time for God to take me home? The day I trusted the Lord. 
Because the longer I live, the greater my risk of me doing more sins. Right? But if I only lived uh, another hour, man, I only had the risk for one hour. But if I live to be 80 years old, do you realize how many sins I have committed since I... Never mind. <laughs> so the, if I could lose my salvation because of unconfessed sin, can you remember all of your sins? Then how can you ask God to forgive you of the ones you don't even know about? God, forgive me of everything. You can try it. Remember, I cannot lose salvation by what I do or don't do. I was saved when I was 18. There's nothing after that that can cause me to lose my salvation. God can only lose me because of something He does. Because see, He's the one that's saving me. Now, He's the only one that can lose me. I can't lose salvation because He's the one that's saving me. Now, can He lose me? Well, what kind of a guarantee did he give me? He wouldn't. He said he would never cast me. And he said he would never lose me. Uh, so if he won't, now tell me how I can get lost. Duh. You can't. What is covered under this plan of salvation? See, there's a plan of salvation. That when you trusted Christ as your Savior, you ought to read everything that's in this blueprint. I mean, in this Doctrinal statement. This thing that God gave to us in His Word about what He will not do once you trust Christ as Savior. What He will do. It's so wonderful when you know the truth and the truth will make you free. It's not that I let go of God, but that He must let go of me. And He already promised He wouldn't. So there's nothing that I have to worry about because there's nothing that I can do to gain my salvation or lose my salvation. And I'm so glad of that. The word forgive. Everybody hears the word forgive. You know, you wrong your wife. You want to have forgiveness. Wrong your husband. Forgive. So you want forgiveness from the person who ever wronged you. We have all wronged God. Now you can live together and never confess your sins. You ever heard of a verse called 1 John 1, 1.9? That says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Right? Is that in the Bible? Now, there's no verse in the Bible that says that you have to confess your faith to be saved. You don't have to confess your faith to lost people or to save people to anybody at any time in order to be saved. And you do not have to confess your sins to God to stay saved. You see, 1 John 1, 9 is to the believer. It's to the believer that is walking in the flesh and chooses to walk in the Spirit and confesses to God, I walked in the flesh. So if you don't have the interest or the desire after you trusted Christ as Savior to walk with God and to fellowship with God and have the joy of your salvation full, you don't have to confess your sins. You can live your whole life and never confess one more sin to God. Are you still going to go to heaven though? Yes, you will. Will you have the joy of the Lord like you should? No, you won't. So 1 John 1, 9 is to um, the believers who realize they're walking in the darkness or in the flesh and want to walk in the light, in the spirit. So if you want to do right, confession is moving from this walk 
to this walk. And if there's no desire to walk in this walk, your confession does you no good. Anyway, we're moving right along. And the scribes and the Pharisees began a reason. Who is this that can speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? The question is, have you sinned against God? In your own mind, just answer that question. Have you sinned against God? I think you know the answer, and I do too. I want to show you some verses that talks about this forgiveness of sins. This is one of the things that, well, I was thinking about having um, Mike Brown come in that door with a great big old railroad tie on his shoulders. Burdened down. As he stumbles down, as he comes down here, I says, Michael, what is that on your shoulder? He says, the burden. I said, what burden? The burden of my sins, and they are many. <laughs> and I said, well, what are you going to do about them? He says, I don't know what to do. They're such a heavy burden. Have you ever had someone trust Christ as Savior and says, it was like somebody lifted a weight off of my shoulders. Well, this is what he's talking about. So we have here, to him give all the prophets, Old Testament, witness, that through his name, whosoever believeth in him, shall receive remission of sins. And this decided not to work. I think I have it on black. But we'll, you know, to remit means to have your sins forgiven, taken away. Shall receive remission of sins. That is really the focal point of the gospel. You see, if a man believes, he's forgiven. But what does he believe in? That when Christ died, he paid for his sins. And God can forgive every man because God paid for every man's sins. The question is, how many sins did he pay for me? All of them. Am I better off trusting Christ as my Savior at 18? And then I got to deal with all these sins I commit after that. And I may run the risk of not remembering all or confessing all of them in order to maintain my salvation. Or should I wait until I'm 80? Then I know they're all covered. Don't we tell people to regardless of what you've done in your whole life. God will forgive you of everything. But that is if you trust the Lord when you're 18. But if all those sins are in the future, he won't do that. You can't tell me you can go out here and live like the devil and still go to heaven when you die. Well, if you can't, nobody's going. And you ain't either. In Matthew 26, 28. For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. He died to pay for your sins so that we could all be forgiven. Remission. You see, it means to have freedom. Pardon, deliverance, liberty, remission. And in the book of Romans, we won't take time to look at all these. But in the book of Romans, it says, When Adam sinned, many became sinners. But they came sin. Many. But everybody from Adam means all. Then it talks about all those who believe in Christ. Many were made righteous. And that word means all. All those who are born of God are made righteous. And all those born of Adam are sinners. So we were born in this world with a flesh birth, sinful nature, and we've all sinned. 
So when Christ died, he died for all, so that everyone who believes on him, all of them are made righteous. So when I trusted Christ as my Savior when I was 18, I'm still righteous when I'm 80. Nothing's changed. Well, what about all those things in between? Well, remember in the Old Testament, animal sacrifices was made looking forward to a payment that would be made before the payment was ever made. Sins were forgiven before the payment was made. Now the payment has been made and we're forgiven before we committed the sin. Isn't that good news? You stop and think this thing through. John did baptize in the wilderness and preached the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. Must you be baptized of again for every future sin? So I had to get baptized to wash away my sins. I committed another sin and got to get baptized again. And every time you sin, you ought to get baptized again. And then again and again and again. Because if you lost your salvation, you've got to get saved again, so you've got to get baptized again. You might as well just stay in the water. <laughs> don't, don't even get out of it. That's ridiculous. We only get baptized one time. Why? Because it represents the picture of Christ on the cross. Being buried and coming back from the dead. He paid for all of my sins that one time. It's appointed unto every man once to die. Regardless of how long you live. So when Christ died, he died for me once. He doesn't have to do it second time or the third time. Because he did it for all of my sins all at one time 2,000 years ago. Was not all of my sins in the future when Christ died? I think so. Acts 19.4 says, Then Paul said, Paul, John truly or verily baptized with the baptism of repentance. In other words, he preached Jesus is coming. And so if you believed that, you were baptized because you believed in the one that was coming to pay for sin. That's why the first thing John says when he saw Jesus, behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. So he says, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. Now, look what this verse says. To the Apostle Paul, stand before King Agrippa. And he was telling them the experience that he had on the road to Damascus. And he says, God told me this. Jesus told me this. To open their eyes, the purpose of his ministry, and turn them from darkness to light. That's what I like doing. I love it when I get a man who walks in darkness to see the light. And trust Christ as Savior. Know he has eternal life. Know he's going to heaven when he dies. And from the power of Satan unto God. That they may receive what? See you're not forgiven until you believe. You're not forgiven. And neither is God's righteousness put to your account. Until you believe. In the book of Romans chapter 4. When you receive Christ. You receive his righteousness. Because you received his forgiveness. That they may receive forgiveness of sin and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith. That is in me. And that in me. That's Jesus talking. When you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you're made pure and holy. Because you see, Christ paid for your sins. So that you can be forgiven. Just like you never did it. Just like you never did anything wrong. And that's why knowing Christ as Savior is such a, a freedom, a release of liberty 
in your soul. And this is why I've had people, and I explain this to them, I just had them sit and just bawl until they, they got it. Some people will smile. Some will laugh. The emotion is not it, but it's some kind of time. It's when they really catch it. I've been forgiven. I'm on my way to heaven. Now, there's a few questions that we do want to answer. The forgiveness, pardon, deliverance, forgiveness, liberty, remission. In Acts 13, 38. I always have the college kids memorize these two verses, 38 and 39. Because it says, Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you the what? Forgiveness of sins. Forgiveness of sins. That's what the gospel is. The good news of how a man can be forgiven. Of all the bad things he's ever done. As though you never did it at all. Make you as white as snow. You've heard that phrase before? Make you clean as a whistle. Makes you pure. Makes you almost, in God's you're perfect. You ever want to see a perfect individual? In my, in my new birth, this is perfect as God. I have been justified, just as if I had never done anything wrong. And Acts 13, 38 and 39, And by him, Christ, all that do what? Believe are justified, made pure and holy, righteous, just, from how many things? All things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. You know, you couldn't get that by your works. But you can have it by grace. If you put your faith in what Christ did on the cross for you, then you can have it. Ephesians 1, 7. Love this verse. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. That's what it means to be redeemed. I am redeemed. You ever heard that song? I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. What does it mean? I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven. Having redemption is having forgiveness, and having forgiveness is having salvation. You're saved. Saved from hell. Because I've been forgiven. Colossians 1.14. When Christ was on the cross and paid for all of our sins. said, in whom, in Christ, we have what? Redemption through his blood. In other words, because of the payment he made on the cross... For our sins, he died in our place and paid our sin debt, came back from the dead. And when we believe it, he puts that payment to my account. And I am forgiven of every sin I have ever committed or ever will commit. In other words, there's some insurance policies that are like, there's life insurance, you know, term policies. You see, this doesn't just, okay, you got to make this payment here. When I was 18 years old, and every month I got to make these payments. But if I stop making the payments, I don't have the coverage. You ever seen insurance like that? Do you have car insurance? Do you have house insurance? Do you have health insurance? What happens if you don't make the payment? Something ain't going to be covered. But when it comes to salvation, I want to know what's in the insurance policy, what's covered. And that's why God says, got some good news for you. The forgiveness of sins. In the book of Mark chapter 4, verse 12, that seeing they may see and not perceive. 
Hearing they may hear and not understand. Lest at any time they should be converted and their sins should be forgiven them. You see, they've already heard but didn't believe. They saw but didn't believe. And he says, if they would just change their mind, they could have their sins forgiven. But it's up to the individual. See, just because Christ died on the cross, he didn't just forgive everybody all that time and everybody's going to heaven now. That's universalism. Everybody wasn't given his righteousness. Everybody's not saved. He that believeth, he that believeth is not condemned. It's when you believe it, that's when you're saved. That's when you receive that righteousness. That's when you receive, even though he did it 2,000 years ago. Now get this. Romans 4 and verse 7. What an awesome verse. Look at it. He says, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Do you realize in this insurance policy, after you trust Christ, you're, they're covered. You see, well, what if I lie after I'm saved? It's covered. What if I have a dirty thought? It's covered. What if I steal? That's covered. That's an insurance. It's covered. What if I really wrong somebody real bad? It's covered. You see, you've got an insurance policy that covers everything. Nothing is exempt. It covers it all. Because all your sins were paid. And everything's covered. From the time you're born to the time you die. It's all inclusive. And he says, blessed is the man under whom God will not do what? Impute sin. Will not put it to your account. It's covered. You say, you don't deserve that. That's why it's called grace. That's why it's called grace. You don't deserve it. I don't deserve to go to heaven, but I'm going. You see, I read the insurance policy. I got coverage. I got it when I was 18 years old. It's not only good until I'm 80. Boy, am I glad they didn't say it's good for 50 years. It says it's good forever. And I've got the coverage. And you being dead in sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh hath he quickened or made alive together with him having forgiven you what? This is years after Christ died that this was written. It's written years later. But you see right in the middle, your insurance policy covers all future sin or it is no good at all. Luke 177 says, To give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the what? Remission of their sins. You see, that's what salvation is. You've done this wrong. I've done this wrong. We sinned against the holy God. And God says the wages of sin is death and we're all condemned to hell. But Christ died on that cross, paid for our sins, and he will forgive you. This is how you have your guilt removed. By being forgiven. That's what makes me have a smile more than a frown. Because it, yes, I know that I mess up once in a while. I remember about five years ago I did. <coughs> but I know that I'm forgiven. And that God loves me. 
and he'll never cast me out and never lose me. And it's good to be able to get in a, an old motor home and travel around the country and tell people, look, you can be forgiven of your sins. You see why when people really get it and really understand it and know they have eternal life, why they want to tell somebody else about it? That's why somebody like Michael over here and his brother who trusted the Lord not long ago, and they want to tell everybody. They even want to tell Christians. They try to get them lost so they can get them saved again. <laughs> Look at the next scripture. And that repentance, this is the last thing Christ had told them. To go into all the world and preach the what? The gospel. He says, and that repentance changed your mind. And remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations. The assurance of the believer is wrapped up in believing all sins are forgiven. This truth is encapsulated in the gospel. That's what makes it such good news. It's not good news if he just has forgiveness for all my sins up to today. <coughs> it's that he gave me a payment that was good to go for all time. If this isn't true, like I told somebody, I'm just going to go home and sit soaking sour. But if this is true, there's a lot of people that don't know what I'm telling y'all. You already know most of it. I mean, how can you tell you people all this stuff? You didn't heard it for 30 years here. <clears throat> Nothing new for y'all. The next verse, whom God hath set forth to be a propitiation, satisfaction. Through faith in his blood, his death on the cross. He gave his life. Life of the flesh is in the blood. To declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past. Through the forbearance of God. Now I take that to mean before Christ died. Before the payment was ever made. They had his righteousness given to them. Because of their faith. And then the very next verse says, but now... This side of the cross, we declare his righteousness. They had it, and we have it, both by faith. Hebrews 10, 18 says, Now where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. Because if there is no future offering for sins, then the payment made must have included all of them. Think it through. If there's not going to be another payment, then the one he made... Had to include them all. Otherwise, what was the gospel that they were supposed to preach after Christ died? It would only be good for the people who he died for before him. Unless it included people after him. Now, I'm smart. I can figure this out. Many erroneously believe that a person should do their best and God's grace will make up the difference. You know, your shortage. You know, you did all these good works, but that wasn't enough. So you're saved by grace. You need grace for the rest. This helped. And if you do all these good works up until you're 50 years old, well, then you only need 50% grace. But see, if you didn't have it, you wouldn't be saved. But if you did all these good works and it was good for 75%, well, then you only need 25% grace. But see, you're still saved by grace. And there's people who say, I'm saved by grace, saved by grace. But you ought to see, I had 75%. I had 50% of it. Yeah, you're saved by grace, but... And then they butted all over the place. Not the Bible. Many don't understand that payment for all sin 
must include forgiveness of all sin for all believers. Here's another good verse. Because now let's change it to believers. Because you know the Bible says this in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. He says, And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Why should we be kind and tender-hearted toward one another, forgiving them? Because God did it for you. If God forgave you, then why can't you forgive others? Well, they don't deserve it. Oh, and you did deserve it. Did you deserve your forgiveness from God? No. And the person that we sometimes live with is sometimes the hardest person to say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I hate saying I'm sorry so bad that I try not to do anything wrong. There's a lot more I could say, but I'm just going to leave that, leave that dog lie. James chapter 1, uh, 5. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And the Lord shall raise them up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven. This is to the believer. You see, if there's a, a person, a believer, and they sin against another believer, and because of the sin, they should confess that to each other. That's why he says, confess your false one. It doesn't mean for us all to get up here and have a Let's have a confession time. Let's just tell everybody our faults. No, I was talking about the person who may be sick because they sinned against a brother. And if he'll confess his sins, then they can be forgiven, and God may yet heal them. And uh, love covers a multitude of sins. When we love one another and are willing to, that's covered. Between you and your wife, regardless of what they do, is it covered? Is it covered in your love? Or is it limited? That's something you can find out. Another good verse. Repent therefore of this thy wickedness and pray God that perhaps the thought of thine heart may be forgiven thee. This is to the believer. Because he, uh, they were talking to a guy, you know, Simon, uh, <clears throat> the Peter the sorcerer. Uh, he trusts the Lord. Many people believe, well, he wasn't saved. Yes, he was. But the thought of his heart was a wicked thing. He wanted to have the power that the apostles had. And the Bible says, he says, pray, I don't want these things to happen unto me. Because you see the last part of it when he makes the statement, he makes the statement, lest those things should come upon me in verse 24. In other words, things that can happen to you in your Christian life because you don't do right, because you do sin against one another. And you don't get forgiveness and make things right. There's consequences to your disobedience. 1 John 1, 9. It's a simple verse. If we confess our sin. And there's no verse. That verse doesn't say you have to confess your sins. This is talking about if you want to have full fellowship. Joy. Then, you, then you've got to make things right between you and the Lord. But if you want to walk in the flesh. Go for it. But there's consequences. And you're not going to like the results of it. But if you want to walk in the Spirit, you have to admit where I am walking in order to correct the problem. And if the desire is not to correct the problem, then why confess anything? It doesn't help you. It doesn't do anything for you. Anyway, that's my humble opinion anyway. See, there's a tree. It's an apple tree. 
an apple tree, there's apples. When you got saved, you just confess, I'm an apple tree. After you're saved, you confess the apples. See how simple this stuff is? And so every person, if you say, I'm, I, I have no sin, that means I don't have any apple trees. Yes, you, you get an apple tree, that's sinful nature. If you got it, then you have apples. And what God wants you to do is eliminate so many of those apples and grow in grace. The next statement, no Christian has to confess his sin to be saved or to stay saved. It is only for the believer who wants fellowship with his father. If you don't walk it, just, Lord, I'm sorry, Lord, I'm sorry, Lord, I'm sorry, Lord, forgive me, Lord, forgive me. Ain't going to help you one iota. That's not what it's for. Now, Colossians eleven twenty eight or 1 Corinthians. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. This is to the believer. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation or judgment upon himself, not discerning the Lord's body. So you're taking the Lord's Supper and don't understand why you're doing what you're doing. Uh, that is supposed to be a correction in your life and how you're living. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you and many sleep. This is consequences of Christians who walk in the flesh. Can you walk in the flesh after you're saved? You sure can. Are you going to be exempt from any consequences? No. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But this is going to take place. Revelation 21, 4, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, because there will be no more sin. Because there won't be no more sin. For the former things are passed away. Now there's several verses that I really think are choice. Here it says in Hebrews 8.12. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquity will I remember no more. Now think of all the bad things you've done. All the bad thoughts you've had. All the things and the attitude. Words. God says I'll remember those no more. He said, I'm going to put them in the depths of the sea. As far as the east is from the west. You know what? Now, picture in your mind, here comes Michael down the aisle here with that big old, you know, log on his shoulders. And he realized Christ paid for that sin that he's been bearing. We had a sin bearer who takes the sin and paid for it. And says, Michael, you can leave forgiven. As though you never had the weight of sin. You see, guilt can be removed. But that's you accepting God's forgiveness when the re- guilt can be removed. But God forgives. Aren't you glad he does? This is what salvation is. This is why it's such a joy. Do you realize all the people in the world who are so burdened because of sin... And don't have a way out. They don't know what to do. That's why there's all these religions. Trying to get them to go to church. And live a good life. All the things. Trying to get rid of the guilt. And it don't work. Because then they have to deny the sin. Or deny the consequences. And everything's cool. And they live in misery. You and I ought to be the happiest people in the world. 
We've got the best message in all the world to share with people. And he says here in Psalms 103, verse 12, As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. In other words, you've been forgiven. Accept God's forgiveness. And live that way. You're forgiven. You say, well, you don't know how I messed up. I don't need to know and I don't care. I'm not God. God says all of this. And that's why he's called a good God, a merciful God. A God of grace, a God of comfort. Then he says here in Jeremiah 31, 34, For I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sins. What's the words? No more. You know what destroys most Christians? Is they can't forget. They can't forget because they keep planning over again in their mind of the bad things that they've done. And that's why putting those things in the past and looking forward, you're forgiven. Walk with God and watch what God can do. Did you ever read some of the things that a guy by the name of um, the Apostle Paul, what he was guilty of? Did you see how he was forgiven? And that God used him as an example? And how that he said, the chief of sinners? Did God use Paul? You want God to use you? You know why he doesn't use any perfect people? There aren't any. You say, well, I'm looking for the perfect church. Well, if you do, don't join it. It won't be perfect anymore. Get this. Believing is the key to forgiveness of sins. And forgiveness of sins is the key to your justification, just as if you've never sinned. And justification is the key to the declaration of God Almighty. Declare you righteous. You are right as though you have never committed one sin. And the end could be very soon for all of us and we'll be in heaven in our new glorified body. And all this becomes a great reality. Because the truth has finally, in reality, set you free. We're to live like it now as though it is. <clears throat> We're to reckon it to be true. Because it is true. In other words, what does it mean? You're good to go. Are you good to go? In eternity, I will have no memory of my past. If the Lord cannot recall my sins, neither will I. I'm so glad to know, in spite of all the things, and believe it or not, in my flesh, in my fleshly mind, I can recall almost most of the bad things I've done. I know you can't. I can. But God's going to give me a new mind when I get to heaven. And that old one's going to be gone, and I won't remember them anymore. But God wants me to accept it now. That's the way he sees it. And I'm going to look at my life. I'm going to look at Yankee Arnold the way God sees me. He sees me as his child. I am forgiven. I have been declared righteous, just as if I had never sinned. And he'll remember my sins no more. Now let me give you one last thought. That's all, folks. And the burden is lifted. Finally, we got that big old heavy log off of Michael Brown. 
And Michael Bryan can rejoice because he has been forgiven. He is made in God's name as white as snow. Pure righteousness. Now, whenever his wife looks at him, that's not what she sees. That's not what we're going to see. But that's what God sees. God sees you as a forgiven individual. You're his child. You're going to heaven when you die. Isn't that good news? Now, let me show you something that you've never seen before. Now, this puts all of this together in this simple little message. This hand represents you and me. The wallet represents sin. We all have sin on us. So we have all sinned against God. And God is going to punish us because of sin. And that's going to be eternal separation from the Lord in a literal fire burning hell. All because of this. If I could just get rid of this. If I could be free from that. Free from that condemnation. So God says, you can't earn your way to heaven. Your good works will not pay for your sins. How you live, going to church, trying to live a good life, giving money, that will not pay for one sin. And yet that's what we want is to be able to, to go. And God says you can't save yourself. This hand represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord God in the flesh. Came into the world. Righteous. No sin. But he loves us. And our sin separates us from him. So what Christ did for one person, he did for everybody. And he puts us all in the same group. We're all sinners. The whole world so from the time of the first man to the time of the last man and all the sins in between, he took them all and he paid for them. And when you and I accept that payment he made on the cross for us, he gives to us forgiveness of all of our sins. I have been forgiven of everything I have ever done and I ever will do. I'm forgiven. I don't deserve that. But that was the best news I ever heard. And when I heard this for the first time, I literally, I did. It's not a requirement. I bawled like a baby. I stood there and I sobbed. I sobbed. Standing at the door of the living room getting ready to go outside. But I didn't. And the best news I ever heard. And for some reason or other, ever since then... I just can't seem to get over it. Can't get over it. I just want more people to hear it. Because I've seen people, how they respond when they finally get it. I'm going to heaven when I die. Best news in the world. Now, if I was to offer you my sin, what would you have? My sin. But you don't want them, do you? But what if I offered you my Bible? It's okay. Well, see, if Christ walked in here right now and offered you eternal life, forgiveness of sins. Eternal life is the result of having all your sins forgiven. There's nothing to hold you back. There's nothing put to your account. You're forgiven as though you've never done anything wrong. That's the goodness of God, the grace of God. And God wants to give you eternal life as a free gift. And so when you accept it, God says he gives you eternal life and you get to go to heaven. On what he did for you. These things have I written unto you that believe. That you may know that you have eternal life. 
Know that you're going to heaven whenever you die. Let's pray, shall we? Every head bowed and every eye closed and no one looking around. If you're here this morning, say, preacher, I've never trusted Christ as my Savior. I just didn't understand it. But I want to be forgiven of all of my sins. And I will accept Jesus Christ right now as my Savior. And friend, if you will do that, I'd like to know. I'd like to have prayer for you. So I'm going to ask you in just a moment to raise your hand. Raising your hand just lets me know that what I said made sense to you. I'm not going to have you forward. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to point you out or pin you against the wall. But would you say, yes, preacher, that made sense to me. And I will trust Christ as my Savior. I want to know that my sins are forgiven and I'm going to heaven. And if you trust him right now, he forgives you right now and gives you eternal life right now. Would you just slip your hand up very quickly and put it right back down? Anyone at all before we close? Anyone at all? If you have trusted Christ as your Savior, isn't it good to know that you're forgiven? You're forgiven. There's a lot of people that don't know this, don't understand it. Now that you do, maybe just another little twist that you can help other people to understand how good God is. Father, we thank you so much for all you've done for us. We thank you for your watch, care, and your love, and all your provision. But you've provided for us the greatest thing in all the world, and that was the free gift of everlasting life. By making a payment for our sins so that we could simply, by faith alone, have forgiveness, be made pure and holy. And all of our sins removed as far as the east is from the west. And that our sins will never be remembered again. We thank you for all you've done for us. In Christ's name we pray.